Hello, and welcome to Simple Man Sermons, the preachings of a simple man called by God to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Today's sermon is entitled, The Real Pandemic, Fear. Now there's no way of me knowing when you will listen to this, but if you listen to it anytime soon, you'll know the kind of climate, the world climate that we're living in, in the midst of a global pandemic. And I don't mean COVID-19, I mean fear. COVID-19 I think is a real thing, but far more dangerous is this pandemic of fear. All these troubles... They have a common root, and that root is fear. Let me illustrate in a passage from the Bible how fear is a disease. Deuteronomy chapter 20. When you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt. So it shall be. When you are on the verge of battle, that a priest shall approach and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not fear. Do not let your heart be faint, nor be afraid. Do not tremble, or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight against your enemies to save you. And then continue on in the reading, it goes through who should not take place in the battle. Officer shall speak to the people, saying, Is there a man among you who has built a new house and not dedicated it? Let him go and turn to his house, lest he die in battle and another man dedicate it. Is there a man here who has planted a vineyard and has not eaten of it? Let him return to his house, lest he die in battle and another man eat of it. Is there a man here who is betrothed to a woman and has not married her? Let him return to his house, lest he die in a battle, and another man marries her. Verse 8, And let the officers speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. Fear is contagious. It's a disease. It's a sickness. It's as contagious as anything else. And it's far more dangerous. One of the verses that stands out in the Bible about not being afraid and having courage is the very beginning of the book of Joshua. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to his people you shall divide an inheritance in the land which I swore to your fathers to give you. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, and that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now looking at the run of that short section of that chapter, 
If God says something, you should pay attention to it and believe it. If he repeats himself, even more so. If he says it three times, back to back, probably important. Be of good courage. Do not be afraid. Be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? It's a commandment. It's an order from God. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord God is with you wherever you go. For those of you saying, well, that's all Old Testament stuff. My response to that would be, I have one Bible. And it's all the word of God. But let's turn to the New Testament. Let's go to the words of Jesus. You'll find this in Matthew 10, 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of those things that can destroy the body. Whether that's COVID-19, whether that's riots, whether that's another person. Do not fear them, Jesus says. Do not fear them. Let's look at one of the, probably the one of the most famous psalms, and certainly I would say the most famous psalm in regards to protection, which a lot of people are seeking right now. Psalm 91. Starting in verse 5. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Stop. Let's look at that. What does he say in verse 5? You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. COVID-19, rioting, violence, disease. Nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. You shall not be afraid of them. That's in verse 5. Now let's look at verse 10. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. The do not fear comes first. The no evil shall befall you, and the no plague shall come nigh thy dwelling is second. There's no coincidences with God. God is in control of everything. He put that verse preceding that verse. And for the views of you looking at the New Testament, let's go to the New Testament. Mark eleven twenty four, Whatsoever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. You believe first, and then you receive. You believe it, and then you receive it. And how many other times does Jesus say, be it done according to your faith, or some version of that? You believe first, and then you receive. Whatsoever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's God's holy order that he established. You'll see it echoed here in Psalms 91. You shall not be afraid. Bam. Five verses later. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. 
You're commanded to not be afraid first. It's for you to not be afraid. It's for God to protect. Now, I'm not telling you not to use common sense and take precautions. Does Jesus not say, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So what he says when, after he's fasting for 40 days in the wilderness and the devil comes to him and tells him to jump off a cliff, he says, you're not to tempt the Lord your God. And where does Jesus get that from? He gets that from Deuteronomy 6.16. Do not put the Lord your God to the test, or do not tempt the Lord thy God. You're not to be afraid, but that doesn't mean to be stupid about it and to test the Lord. Don't go to an escalator and put your tongue on the rail and lick the entire thing because you're not afraid of COVID-19. Don't go out to a bunch of rioters and poke them in the chest and say you're opposed to what they're out there for. Do not test the Lord your God. I'm not telling you not to take precautions. That would be foolish. God gave you a brain for a reason. I'm saying do not be afraid. And rather, I'm not saying it. The Lord God is saying it. You shall not be afraid. It's a commandment. Do not be afraid. I'm just a simple man. Like I said, it's called Simple Man Sermons. You need to get this and check this on your own in the Bible. Check the verses that I'm giving you. Search the entirety of them. Search what their contexts are, making sure nothing's getting taken out of context. Do not tempt the Lord your God, but do not be afraid. It's good to use precautions. Luke twenty-two thirty-six. But he said to them, and he is Jesus, Let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one. That's a precaution. Having a sword is a precaution. Jesus told his disciples to have a sword. He said, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. That's a precaution. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 4. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord your God, great and awesome. And fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, and your wives and your houses. This is verse 16. Half of my servants worked on construction while the other half held spears and shields and bows and wore armor. And the leaders were behind them in the house of Judah. And they worked and constructed. And with the other... um, One second. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded them so that with one hand they worked and constructed and with the other hand they held the weapon. Every one of the builders had a sword girded on his side as he built. Precautions. They were doing God's work. They were building the wall. And they knew that if God wanted that done, they believed that it would be done. But there were people trying to kill them. There were things trying to kill them. So they had a sword on their side. Half of them built the wall and half of them watched for protection. Half of them protected the other with swords and spears and shields. Those are precautions. They're not... Mutually exclusive. Do not be afraid. Do not tempt the Lord thy God. Take precautions. But do not be afraid. And do not lose sight of the real enemy, Satan, and his weapon of fear. Fear is the real global pandemic right now. Right now you may be thinking, okay, I'm not to fear. How do I do that? How do I walk that out? It's easy for me to stand here in front of my MacBook and say, do not fear. I I don't know what you're going through. Nobody's perfect. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says. And we all fear at times. 
but I'm telling you it's a commandment not to fear. I want you to imagine a line drawn on a piece of paper with one end and another end. On one end, write fear, and on the other end, write trust in God. And imagine that being a scale. If you completely trusted in God, there would be no fear. Because if you trusted in God, what is there to be afraid of? That's a very simple thing. This is called Simple Man Sermons. But the things of God are very simple and very powerful. Just because something simple doesn't mean it's not a powerful truth. It's very simple for me to tell you how to bench press 400 pounds. You get a bench press set of weights. You get a bar. You put on 400 pounds. You lift it off the rack. You lower it till it touches your chest. You push your arm straight out again and you put it back on the rack. You just bench press 400 pounds. Very simple for me to explain. That's a simple truth. But it's very hard to do. Just because something simple doesn't mean it's not powerful and doesn't mean it's not true. If you completely trust in God, there would be no fear. If you were perfectly trusting in God, what would there be to fear? What's Satan's ultimate thing to hang in front of you? Fear. And what's the greatest fear? The fear of death. Well, let me tell you this. The Bible says Jesus will return. The day or the hour, nobody knows. Not me, not you, not anybody out there listening to me. No one knows when Jesus will return. But unless he returns quickly, we're all going to see death. Our earthly bodies are all going to die. That's a certainty. That's going to happen. What is there to fear? Trust in God. That's the big thing that Satan can hold over you. Fear of death. But like the Bible says, look unto Jesus and be ye saved. New Testament, Hebrews. And again, I will put my trust in Him. What did we just say? Perfectly trust in God, and there will be no fear. I put my trust in Him, and again it says, Here I am, and the children of God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, He is too shared in their humanity, so that by His death He might break the power of Him who holds the power over death that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held into the slavery by fear of death. Again, and free those who all their lives are held into the slavery and the fear of death. If you believe in God, if you believe in Christ, if you believe that he died on the cross for your sins, if you believe in eternal salvation, if you believe that, what is there to fear? Whether you die today or tomorrow or in a hundred years, if you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins and you have a place in heaven with God, if you trust that, if you believe that, do not be afraid. It's called the good news for a reason. It's beautiful. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, the Bible says. The Bible also says that God is love. And if Jesus is God and God is love and perfect love casts out fear, turn to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. If you fully trust in God, if you could perfectly do that, you would be perfectly without fear.
And the more you do that, like that line on that paper, if you start trusting more in God, you'll move farther away from fear. Here's a simple truth if you think about it, very deep. God made you, the Bible says. He knit you together in your mother, mother's womb. He made you. He created you. He is sovereign ruler over all of time and space. He made you. He gave you life. He put you here, now, in this time, for such a time as this. He made you alive at this time, in this place, wherever you are. God did that. He could have had you born in any time, in any place. He has you where you are right now. So what are you called to do? Be holy. As God says many times, be holy for I am holy. If you don't know, the word holy means to be set apart, to be different. If everybody else right now is in fear, it's not different to be in fear. It's different to be in love. You're called to stand out. Does Jesus not say, do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but let your light so shine before men. Let your light shine bright in this generation when there's so much fear. Be different. Be set apart. Be without it. I won't pull one out in particular, but many, many times in the Old and New Testament, it says, be holy for I am holy. 1 Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6, for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all peoples on the face of the earth. A lot of Christians today look at all the rules in the Old Testament and think they're very strange about wearing tassels on your clothing or not wearing a mixed garment of wool and linen or you know, not pulling a plow with an ox and a donkey together or all, all manner of rules. Don't eat this thing. Don't eat that thing. Do this thing. When God says to do that and he says, you shall be set apart, you shall be holy, you shall be different. And it's not just an Old Testament thing. Let's look at the verse I just read. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the face of the earth. Now let's look at the New Testament. 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special purpose that you may declare to the praise of him who called you out of darkness and into wonderful light. Shine bright as a light unto the world. When the whole world is in fear, be different, be holy, be set apart. Live a life without fear. Philippians 2.15 So that you may be blameless and pure, children of God, without fault, and a warped and crooked generation, that you should shine among them like stars in the sky. The King James, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You can't be a beacon of hope if you fit in with everybody else. Be holy, be set apart. When the whole world is cowering in fear, stand up and shine bright as a light in a crooked and perverse generation. If God has not revealed his son to you, Jesus Christ, the good news, the New Testament, Huhan Gelion, good news, it literally means a declaration of victory. Shine bright. Be without fear when people look at you and notice. 
They might not even know what holy means, but they may see you and say, that person's different. That person is salt and light. They know it in their very core. Speaks Deep speaks unto deep, the Bible says. They'll see you. They'll see that you're set apart. They'll notice it. They'll crave it. That's why you're called to be salt and light. When people are in the darkness, they crave the light. People crave salt. Animals crave salt. It's a necessity. They'll crave it. Shine bright as a light in a crooked and perverse generation. Be different. Be holy. Be set apart. Be without fear. Now you are called to have a fear of God. That's a different thing. That's the one thing, like Jesus said, do not fear him who can kill the body, but fear the one who can cast you into hell. You are many times throughout the Bible called to fear God. That's a holy reverence for God, for his sovereignty and his power. If we all did that, if we all followed God, there would be none of this. There would be none of this goings on. If we all love the Lord God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength, and we all love our neighbor as ourself, what Jesus said is the greatest commandment. If we all did that perfectly, there would be none of this fear. You are to fear God and trust God and love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And if we all did, and nobody's perfect, I'm not perfect, we all fall short of the glory of God. That's why we have a Savior, Jesus Christ. We all try and we all fail. Jesus came to save the lost. He said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And you, if you appreciate that, you appreciate the blood of Christ and how precious it is. But understand and fear God that he knows man better than we know ourselves. He knows everything. And he gave us things to do, things to follow. Not because he needed it. God needs nothing from us because it's for our good. If we just did what he said, if we just loved God with all our heart and loved our neighbor as ourself, what would that do to the fear in the world right now? Look at this in Exodus chapter 23. You shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand in with the wicked and unrighteous witness. You shall not follow a crowd to do evil. News shall you testify falsely in a dispute to turn aside after many to pervert justice. You shall not show partiality. Is that not a verse for our time? You shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor testify in a dispute or to turn aside from anything to pervert justice. Turn aside after many to pervert justice. Don't turn to fear in this time. Turn to God. He is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abundant in mercy. God has many attributes that you'll study throughout the Bible, but it says he's rich in mercy. Tell me if this verse does not apply to our time right now in this world. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desire for pleasure that war within your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war Yet you do not have because you do not ask. And you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You do not have because you do not ask. Instead of turning to somebody else and blaming them for what you do not have, turn to God and ask Him. Does Jesus not say, ask and you shall receive? Turn away from fear and to God in your need. We all need God. 
How much more do we need him now in these times? Same chapter, James 4. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Turn away from fear and turn to God. Don't seek to take stuff from others. Seek God for your needs. Remember in the beginning of this when we said if God says something, you should read it and pay attention to it. If he says it again and repeats himself, it's probably important. If he does it three times, probably pretty important. John chapter 14. Whatever you ask, this is Jesus by the way, whatever you ask in my name, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you a helper. And he may abide in you forever, the Spirit of truth. Same page in my Bible. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Very next page. Keep my commandments. Abide in my love. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Next page. In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. In that day you will ask in my name. How many times was that? And that was just flipping the page once. And Jesus says, ask. He says it many times in many other Gospels in a couple of different ways. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. And knock, and it shall be opened to you. You covet in war, but you do not have because you do not ask. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Turn to Jesus. Ask him. Seek him. You want to know what to do? Follow God. I have a very, very rudimentary understanding of Paleo-Hebrew. But uh, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Ahim. What Jesus said is the greatest commandment. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Seek God. I'll, I'll start to wrap up in this. I'm sure if you... I'm sure whoever you are, you heard this as a kid. You are what you eat. What are you eating? What are you feeding your mind? A big chunk of the news, especially now, is predicated on fear. If you're feeding your mind on fear, you'll probably predicate fear. If you're feeding on God and love, which God is love, the Bible says. If you're feeding on the Word... And that's love. Where are you spending your time? Where are you giving your attention? If you're spending a bunch of time watching the news that's predicated on fear, 
and not a lot of time in your Bible predicated on love, which one of those do you think you'll see more? You are what you eat. You are what you feed upon. The Bible says prosper even as your soul prospers. Give it what it needs to prosper. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If you need, ask. He's a gracious and merciful God. Rest. Relax. Do not be afraid. I guess I'll close with a very famous quote from Jesus. Come to me, all you, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Do not be afraid. Turn to Jesus and rest. Jesus cured the blind and all manner of illnesses. He cleansed leprosy. He raised men from the dead. He rose from the dead. He conquered death. He is your advocate before God. He is your sacrifice. Cling to him. What shall you fear? Thank you, and have a blessed day.